So um, we have a few announcements as we get started uh, this morning. Um, today, and um, I'm, I say this with, with sadness, but also I'm, I'm very excited because today's a very special day. Today is our last joy potluck of the year. And, uh, and so we'll be, we'll be meeting in the gym. Please bring a dish to share after second service. And I know we're going to be bringing some amazing chicken. So be prepared for that. Um, it's going to be really good. So our last joy potluck, and I know my wife did this last week, but can we please give Pastor Barb a hand for all the hard work she did this year? Thank you. Yes. So please come and support. And, you know, today might be a little different. I mean, I'm sure Pastor Barb wouldn't mind if, if a few, if, we, if you have kids with you, grandkids, Pastor Barb, just said, I'm going to put her on the spot right now. And if she says no, it's no. Would you mind if we brought kids today? You hear that? She don't mind. Amen. Bring them all. <laughs> Bring them all. Amen. I love it, Bill. I love it. Amen. Women's ministry would like to invite you all to the uh, White as Snow event they're doing. Uh, it's going to be a Christmas potluck brunch on December 10th. Uh, please sign up in the foyer so we can know how many, how many are coming. Um, I found news last week. Um, Leoni, I don't know if you guys know Leoni. She became a member last year, November. She had to move out of town uh, to Idaho. She still attends every week to our church online faithful. Still gives of her tithe and offering. She'll be here. So if you see Leoni, say hello. She'll be bringing her kids, and she's very excited uh, for that. So if you'd like to be there for the uh, White of Snow, please sign up. Um, and all this leads up to Christmas Eve night to our very own Christmas play, The Polar Express. Yes. Um, a ticket home uh, Christmas Eve play and candlelight service. So we'll have a Christmas Eve play, candlelight service, and we'll also be receiving communion. Um, and so this could be a very special night. Bring your family members. Um, bring someone you love. Come experience. Receive communion. Uh, receive candlelight service and an amazing, well, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think it's going to be an extraordinary play. These kids are working really hard. So I'm so proud of them. So please come out to that. Uh, speaking of the Polar Express, we have, and I hope we have a slide for this. Um, we'll be selling some ornaments in the cafe for only $5 to decorate your tree. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? A ticket home Christmas Eve 2022. Polar Express, what an evening to remember. So come decorate your tree. Um, please purchase one and, and help donate uh, to the cause. Christmas Day lands on a Sunday. Can somebody say whoop whoop? Yeah. Um, I heard somebody saying Christmas is on a Sunday. Oh, man. It's like, what better day than Sunday? It's Jesus' birthday. <laughs> I mean, what, what else? What? Why else are we, we celebrating? It? I mean, this, I was just like, man, but it's okay. It's okay. Some people want to sleep in and, you know, but that's why we're going to be starting. We'll have one service at 10 a.m. Because I'm not going to lie. I do want to sleep in a little bit, okay? Um, so one service, 10 a.m. Christmas Day. Now, if you're here early, that's awesome. Praise God. But I just want to throw out 10 a.m. We'll be starting. And New Year's Day, also on a Sunday. Uh, we'll be starting at 10 a.m. also. So please put that on your calendar. One service on Christmas Eve, 
one service New Year's Eve and New Year's New Year's Eve or New Year's Day because New Year's Eve we're gonna be up all night. <laughs> Trust me, my kids in the house, they wanna be up all night long. Um, past the twelve o'clock, they, they make little bets to see if they do three or four. But I tell them, no matter how late you stay up, you're gonna be in church. <laughs> so be ready. And your dad's going to be preaching a fire sermon, so you ain't going to be falling asleep either. I'm going to be yelling and screaming. That way you have to stay awake. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to be doing that. Amen. Uh, so don't forget Christmas Eve, a night, uh, Polar Express. Um, we're going to be entering into our time of, of giving. And um, I came across this article as we received the offering this morning that kind of took me uh, by surprise. But in a way, not really. I, I was, you know, it's just something that's... Uh, I guess become normal today, but um, I read I read this thing. It said Steve Jobs, and um, what, you know, very saddened that we we as a as a people lost somebody who was so vital to um, our day and age. But Steve Jobs, his worn out Birkenstocks. Uh, there was an auction. They sold for two hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Um. And there's a picture of them here, right here. They, they look like you would expect. They're worn out. Um, the sandals worn by Steve Jobs in the early days sold for $218,750 at an auction in New York on Sunday. Um, the brown suede Birkenstock Arizonas were worn by Steve Jobs in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, and then it goes on and, and explains a bunch of other stuff here. Um, but one thing that really caught my attention, it says, uh, but perhaps the, the, there was a lot of questions about the shoes, but the m- n- n- number one question about the sandals, um, it says right here, seeing uh, the, 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 the number one question was, do they smell? <laughs> and uh, the person who purchased them said, yes, they do smell. They smell of success. And... Um, yeah, yeah, what do you know? Um, but I, I'm thinking of that. I'm like, you know, if you have $218,000 and you want to buy Steve Jobs shoes, more power to you, okay? Um, if that's what you want to do with your money, go right ahead. I'm not, I'm not bagging on the person who, who paid $218,000 for, for the Birkenstocks. Um, but there is a scripture that comes to my mind that says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Amen. Amen. And so, um, and I want to throw this out too. If one day if I ever create, I don't know, if I ever write a song that hits the, the, you know, the, the multitudes or if I ever do something in my life, I don't care what it is, don't buy my shoes for a dollar. Thank you. Um, I would rather have you take your money and put it to where, put it into God's kingdom, where moth nor rust nor nothing can steal it or destroy it, and where it's eternal and it lasts forever. And then if you have some extra cash and you want to spend some money on some Birkenstocks, and so happens to be Steve Jobs, go right ahead. But again, let's lay up treasures in heaven where it will never be destroyed. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. We're going to pray for the offering, and then we're going to uh, go into Advent this morning.
It's the first Sunday of Advent. Can somebody say amen? What a beautiful Sunday. I, I love Advent. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning with thanksgiving. We thank you, Lord, for the life given for another day to come into your house here in the United States of America and worship your name. Here in your church where there are so many from all around the world, so many from different backgrounds and cultures, and what an amazing thing it is that many of us might not have anything in common, but one thing in common, and that's the most important thing, that is you that we have in common in this place that puts us together. You are the glue. And so this morning, we together worship you, not only with song and, and our voices, but this morning we worship you with our hard-earned money, with our cash. We worship you, Lord, with the very thing that we hold dear, that, that helps us pay the bills, that helps us live, that helps us buy food. But we understand and we know, Lord, that you are the one that provides all our needs. And so this morning, Lord, we give to you what is yours first. And I pray a blessing upon the gift and the giver. And I pray this morning that we would remember to give with a cheerful heart this morning, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And if you're new to our church this morning, we have a tithe box straight ahead of me right here to my left. And so when you're walking out, if you'd like to honor God this morning with your tithe and offering, please do so. I'd like to ask um, our sister Diane and um, our very special friend um, Ansa to come down as we light the first uh, purple candle. Before you light the candle, I want to read this as uh, the first Advent candle, the first purple candle symbolizes hope, also known as the prophecy candle. In memory of the prophets, Isaiah, who prophesied the birth of Christ, it symbolizes the anticipation felt in waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And so Isaiah writes this, Isaiah 9-2, as our sisters light the first candle here. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. Amen. Amen. A light has dawned. Isaiah 9, 6, 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I could ask our worship team to come up. Amen. Amen. Oh, come. Oh. 
this morning we come and we adore you. For you are Christ, you are Lord. We worship you this morning, God. We adore you. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. 
this world that can hide the light that shines through him. There's nothing that can hide the light that shines through us. And even though this world is dark as it is sometimes, especially during the holidays, this world tries to consume us with darkness. But yet to us a son is born. And there was still there was still one star that shined brighter than all the others. And the world knew that a savior was born. I want to sing out this verse three again. Holy, holy, though the darkness hide thee, through the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see. Only thou art holy. There is none beside thee. He's perfect in power and love, and he's, and he's pure. Let's sing that to our creator this morning. Holy, holy, Give me the name of 
as he preaches the word to us. We pray that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit. We pray that your blood would cover him from head to toe and that, that we would hear the voice of the Lord through Carlos this morning. We pray for all of those that are watching online that they would feel that they are with us in joy today as we celebrate because we come in Jesus' name, amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. You give and take this morning, um, there is a young man in the Bible named David who um, his brothers looked at as small, the world looked at as small, but there came a day where he had a face of giant. But before he faced that giant, there were some other giants in his life that he faced. And uh, he, he ran off a bear, he ran off a, a lion, he ran off many things. And, but then there came a day he faced a giant. And this individual who so many people looked at as young, insignificant, little, no pun intended, he killed this giant. And it's with great honor. I remember the first sermon I preached here, here at the church that Pastor Todd allowed me to preach. It was right after Thanksgiving Sunday. And the Lord put it on my heart. Uh, just like I do with anybody, I hit up my own son. I said, could you preach on Sunday? Like the Bible says, be ready in and out of season. He was ready. But he looked scared. He looked nervous. But I want to say with God, this young man can do all things. And so today, he's going to be preaching a sermon that he preached for his high school. And so I pray we open him, we, as, he fa as David faced giants, this young man has faced giants. And today, not only is he going to be killing his own giant, but I pray our personal giants this morning. So please, can you help me give Carlos Garcia a hand? Amen. Good morning, everyone. 
How is everyone? Good. So I have a question. How was Thanksgiving? What was the main dish? What was, was the turkey? Was it the macaroni? What was it? Mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, mine was amazing. Personally, I gained a few pounds, so. <laughs> um, well, today, um, first off, I just want to say it's an honor to be speaking up here, and I want to thank my dad and this church just for supporting me and being behind me. Um, but before I start, let's all pray. Dear God, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you, Lord, for this church. I just want to thank you, Lord, for this sermon that you have given me. Lord, I ask that you just have your hand upon me, have your hand upon this church. I plead the blood of Jesus over every single person in this place and over this church. Lord, I ask that these words that I speak will be from you and ask, Lord, that it would touch other people's lives. And Lord, just be with us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I have entitled my sermon, The Harvest. Um, and if you have your Bibles, please open it up to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 37. And if you're writing notes, make sure you write this verse down. And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Okay, so let's break this down. Right here, Jesus is preaching and teaching, and he's going around town and going to all the churches, and he's healing tons of people that are around him. And when he takes a good glimpse of all the people, he sees how they're all hurting, how they were all weary, and how they're all scattered. And he has compassion for them. And he says, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the workers are few. What Jesus means by this is that there are people that can be reached out to. There are people that can be freed, redeemed, and told about Jesus. And they can become saved. But there aren't any that are doing it. The workers are few. I want you to imagine this. Imagine you own a crop, and you planted seeds for the winter to make sure you have food, and it's just about the end of summer. And you can see that your crop is growing and producing so much food that you don't even have the thought of if it's going to be enough or not. But you don't have anyone to go pick the food. So then that plentiful harvest that you could have had now dies and rots. It's the exact same with people. There are people that are going through storms. They are calling for help, and they need saving. It's like you're eating dinner with someone, and the person next to you is choking. You know what's going on. You know what to do to save the person, but instead you just look at them. And maybe you don't even look at them. And then that person dies. And you could have saved that person. We need to step out as Christians and share the gospel and save others. And we are called to save. And as a Nazarene church, we should be able to go out and share the gospel. But even if this was a Nazarene church, as believers in Christ, we should be able to go out and share the gospel and show God's mercy and be an example of Jesus and save. 
But how can we save someone when we are the one that needs to be saved? I want you to think about that. How can we save someone if we are the one that needs to be saved? And how can we be the light of the world if darkness is in us? And why would the world want to change if we are just like the world? And that is a very important question in your life. And just so you know, life is short. So how do we become saved? Well, it says right here in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe. That is the answer. Believe. If you believe, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. You will be saved. And I want to warn you that the devil will do everything in his power to make sure that you won't be saved. To make sure that you won't make the most important decision ever. Because that decision determines whether or not hell is our destination. And how many of you know that when you're getting ready to go pick some food off your garden or your harvest, there are going to be some weeds. And those weeds can have thorns and poisons and things that can injure you and hurt you and destroy you. It's the exact same spiritually. When you're going to make that decision to believe and become saved, Satan will come and bring temptations, he will bring pain, he will bring desires, suffering and distractions to keep you from making that decision. Um, at the boot camp, I went in Texas, and uh, how many of you know that Texas is hot? <laughs> um, and I was, I was one of the lucky ones. Um, not only did I get to go to boot camp, um, when we got there, a local said, man, you guys picked the hottest week to come here in the whole summer. I'm like, wow, this day's getting better and better. <laughs> um, but um, at the camp, there were kids there that were giving their testimony of what their life was like without God. And the 16, 17-year-old boy said that he smoked meth at the age of 12. And it's amazing to see how God can transform these teenagers' lives. Um, and there were kids there that were addicted to porn, foul music, and watching perverted movies, playing evil video games. And these temptations won't just come to teenagers. They can and will also come to you. And God gave you a free will to fall for those temptations or not. And those temptations can take you away from God if you let it. And Satan will tell you, you are something you're not. He will put you down, and he'll put thoughts in your mind and heart and try to make you believe them. Those are all things that Satan will use to distract and direct you into the wrong path. That is why it is so important to pray and read your Bible. You're going to probably be surprised by this, but um, people will use the Bible and twist it to make it match their way of life and their way of thinking. And those people are called false prophets. They will say, that is right, and this is wrong. They will say, it's what the Bible says, 
And we got to respond back and say, no, you're twisting it so you don't have to change your way of thinking in life. Because following Jesus comes with a price, and that, that price is also changing the way you live and the way you think. Those people are called false prophets. And the Bible talks about these people especially. Matthew chapter 24, verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Mark chapter 13, 22. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 through 23. And Jesus is talking, and he says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be a false prophet. And that is why it is so important to read the Bible yourself and say, what does God say about this? And when you pull weeds in your harvest or garden, you're going to need some gloves or else you're going to get cut and you're not gonna be able to get the root of the weed. And those gloves are the armor of God. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 17. Make sure you write that verse down. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not get wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. This is very important to have because if you go to war with no armor, you're going to die. And armor has many different parts to it that protect certain parts of your body. And like the verse said, we need the belt of truth. That's telling and knowing the truth. We need the breastplate of righteousness. That's knowing right and making right and holy choices. The sandals of peace being firm in the gospel and trusting and following God. The shield of faith, that is having faith and trusting in God and knowing that he will protect you from evil and the temptations of the devil. The helmet of salvation, that is knowing that God is in your life and nothing can take you away from that. Most importantly, the sword of the spirit, 
fighting against the devil and false teachers with what the Bible says and not falling for their tricks. This armor can and will protect you from the thorns of the devil and false teachers. But sometimes the devil or people have nothing to do with what happens in your life. And sometimes life can be great and amazing. And it's easy to praise God then when life is good. But sometimes life can be terrible. And that terrible can be losing someone, medical problems, mental problems, or just a simple hard situation that is going on in your life that you don't know what to do about. And the question is, will you praise God then in that terrible time? Um, there is a singer. Her name is Katie Nicole, and I would like to share her story. I picked up a bottle of pills on my dresser, and I looked at it, and I said, it would be that easy. But that bottle of pills fell out of my hand, and uh, I just felt the Lord say, I'm not done yet. music when I was very, very young. I always loved singing. I was singing around the house. I was singing VBS songs. But it wasn't until I was like nine or ten years old that I was like, you know what? I want to be on stage. That's what I want to do. I was born with something called congenital scoliosis. And the type of scoliosis I have is very uncommon and it's very progressive. There were a lot of unknowns in the very beginning of my diagnosis. I was told I was going to need to have back surgery, and I was going to have to have metal rods and screws placed into my spine in order to correct the curve because it was now putting pressure on my lungs and on my heart. I went into the surgery, and when I came out, I was in excruciating pain every single day. You know, when I was supposed to be recovered, I was still in pain. I was severely depressed, severely had, you know, anxiety I had never even seen before. Like, there was one moment where I said, God, I cannot do this anymore. I don't believe that God would waste a single second of our pain, and I know that he didn't in that season of my life. Eventually they said to me, removing the metal rods and screws is our only option. So they went in, they removed the metal rods and screws, and after the surgery, I mean, there wasn't a single window in that ICU, but I looked up and I saw the light again for the first time. It was as if I was meeting Jesus for the first time. And I, I know that's kind of crazy because I knew Jesus my whole life. I've always been a Christian. But I just, I knew that his presence was all over that room. After the surgery, they went in, they took x-rays, and my spine was actually straighter without the metal rods and screws in it. Coming out of the surgery and finally just knowing that God had plans for me, that was the most amazing feeling. One day, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to post a little clip of the song that I wrote, and it was the in Jesus name. I posted just a little clip of it, and I was sitting at like a grand piano. I prayed over the video, which is something I've never really done before. I just said, you know, Lord, use this if, you know, only one person sees it and it only resonates with one person, then that was all I was supposed to do. I come back a few hours later and this video has hit one million views. 
the fact that it, it was it was something that was already resonating with people, we, we knew it was something that we needed to, you know, put out. And so uh, we recorded the song and then we released it and here we are. <laughs> here we are now. Circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside will flee in Jesus' name. What I want people to take away is be reminded that you have a story. And that story is incredibly important to tell. You know, I look at my story sometimes and I'm like, that's kind of, it's kind of scary to look at. You know, it's, it's scary to look at our past. But I've seen how God has brought glory to his name and how he's brought good from some of these really, really bad things. And I just know that he can do that for anyone. And so I just want people to be reminded that our story is important. And I will continue to tell my story. And my hope is that those stories will resonate and it will feel like your story through my story. In Jesus' name. It is amazing to see how she can go through a terrible spot in her life and yet still praise God. I bet she had questions, I bet she had doubt and worry towards God, but she realized that in that time of need, he was the one that she needed most. And that took her to an amazing part in her life. And, and that took her to what God had in store for her. And I bet you anything that if she did not make the choice to stay faithful and trust God, she would definitely not be where she is today. At the boot camp, um, there was a girl who said she was lonely. She didn't feel loved. She got bullied, and life was not good. So she tried to commit suicide. She knew where her dad kept his guns, so she got one. She pointed at her head, and she almost pulled the trigger. But she said she couldn't do it, because she knew that there was a God that loved her, and that cared for her, and that could take her out of the situation and save her. If you feel lost, and if you feel not loved, and if you feel empty, lonely, confused, scared, depressed, worried, all of that can be taken away by Jesus. Jesus is a father to the fatherless. Jesus is a savior. Jesus can help you. Jesus can comfort you. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can restore you. Jesus can protect you. And most importantly, he can save you. And the reason I say can is because you have to want that help and accept him into your heart. Today, I'm not going to talk about all the tribes of Israel, or what animals they would sacrifice. That can be another day. But today, I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and took your punishment so that you can live with him in heaven forever with no more pain, with no more suffering, and with no terrible spots in your life.
and that day to make that choice to accept Jesus in your heart can be today. As I close, I just want to end with this. The harvest is plentiful. There are people that are in need of saving. But the laborers are few. And the question is, are you a laborer of God or of this world? We need to step up as Christians and be beacon of hope and save and go out and share the gospel. You hear people all the time sitting down in the living room on their couch and they're watching the news and they say, this has to stop. This needs to stop. Now, I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but what are you going to do to fix the problem? We're reading the Bible, and it says how there are sinners in the world, and it says, wow, this needs to stop. Man, God, when are you going to come back? Yes, we want God to come back. But let's get off the couch. Let's step up as Christians and do what the Bible says, because he commands us to go and share the gospel. That's what we can do to fix the problem. And with all the problems in the world, if you want to fix all those problems, the answer would be God. If everyone has God, and if everybody knows God, then the world would be a perfect place. We cannot save if we are the one that needs saving. And we all need Jesus. And what a perfect time to go up and go save. It's Christmas time. We have a Christmas Eve play coming up. Go invite someone to come here, have fun, and hear the play, fellowship, but most importantly, hear the gospel and hopefully become saved. You can be saved if you believe and accept him into your life. And he can take you away from all of your addictions, all of your worries, all of your fear, and take the devil away from you and all of his ways that try to make you follow him and the world. And you can be free from all sin and share Jesus with the world so then others can be saved. The harvest is plentiful. One more time. What I mean by this is that there are people that need Jesus, but the workers are few. Let's pray. If you know that if you died today and you would not go to heaven, but you want to accept Jesus into your heart, I encourage you to raise your hand. In respect to your neighbor, and no one's looking around, just raise your hand. If you raise your hand, and even if you didn't, I encourage you to repeat this prayer with me. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repeat this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. Forgive me. 
cleanse me, make me new. Lord, I ask that this day would determine the rest of my life. Thank you for dying for me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For all of you that accepted Jesus, I just want to say that heaven is parting and rejoicing that you made that decision. Now, now, you can go share that decision. You are saved. And now with God through you, go save. And like the song says, I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting and in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak that name because it's all that I can do. In desperation, I'll seek heaven and pray this for you. I pray for your healing, that circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. Have a great day. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. song, but I just feel that right here to sing a few verses of this. I speak the name of Jesus over you in your hurting, in your sorrow I will ask my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do In desperation I'll seek heaven And pray this for you I pray for your healing That circumstances would change I pray that the fear inside would flee In Jesus name I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Wow. 15 years old. I pray you receive that word this morning, no matter how old he is. Receive that word this morning. Share the word. Remember, the harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. Church, let's get involved. Let's be a laborer for God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Um, no other than Brother Matt, could you please come and, and uh, seal us and, and bless this morning. Amen.
Father God, we are so thankful. We have so many rich mercies that we do not deserve, and we are so thankful that we live in a time when the world is just aching and hungry for a truth that you have provided. We ask for strength. We ask for fortuitousness that we can go and talk to people, that we can be ready to share who you are and what you've done. We want to thank you for Carlos coming up and giving us a reminder of what we are all called to do. Thank you so much for everything that we have in this world. Thank you for your son. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed this morning, church. Thank you so very much. And remember, today is Mike uh, Regas's birthday. So wish him a happy birthday. Amen. All right.